0: Everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Pursuit of Bliss podcast. This week, I have quite a different topic and or theme lined up to speak about, and and that's going to be my shifting relationship with the online world, with my phone, with social media. Uh, I guess a, a phrase or slogan I could use here is digital minimalism, which is what I'm moving toward, and. I've had a lot of you in my inbox asking when I'm going to release this episode. You have so many questions. You might have seen on Instagram that I actually made a big, dramatic, drastic change, and I traded out my iPhone for a flip phone, just like the 2000s. I don't think I've had a flip phone since I was in middle school, and here I am again. And I'm going to share all of the changes, what led up to that, what worked, what didn't work. I've gotten so many questions about logistics, like what do you do about WhatsApp and navigation and driving and what about listening to music and podcasts and posting on social media and I just, there's so many questions running your business. I'm going to cover everything. I'm going to share what led me to making this drastic change. Now I'm about, I think, almost two weeks in now to using the flip phone. I'm going to share Uh, the hardships of it, the surprising blessings that I wasn't expecting that have come alongside what I've gained from it, how long this is going to last. Everyone wants to know that. Is this permanent? Is it just a month? What is it? Uh, I'm going to share everything. And to be honest, this entire journey has been a lot more transformative than I expected it to be. So much more Has come to the surface. I've become aware of so much more that I wasn't before. And let me start by saying this two weeks into this journey of using a flip phone and not touching my iPhone, after, you know, 15 years of having an iPhone, I can very easily say that I now believe to be true that the iPhone and specifically the digital online modern age that we live in where everything is at your fingertips and phones and social media and the internet is strategically created to be extremely addictive. This age is the number one enemy to our deep feminine beingness, to our homecoming, to our bodies, to our feminine core, to our hearts and to God. It has been such a drastic shift in my life these last two weeks, which I'm going to explain more of, but this digital digital age that we live in is pretty new, right? It's been what, about 15 or so, maybe more than that year since the iPhone came into being. I don't even know what year the internet came out and computers and all of that, but in my lifetime, at least for hundreds of years, humans lived without all of this. So We weren't created or designed to live in this kind of fast paced environment, to live with all of this, everything at our fingertips and all the dopamine hits we get from social media and notifications and our phone. And we weren't designed and created to live like this. And we have not yet adapted to live like this, right? We're very adaptable beings as human beings. We adapt very quickly, but this is so new. It's very, very, very destructive. And it's very clear to me now how much my phone use was pulling me out of my being out of my heart shutting down my heart pulling me away from my body making me feel disassociated pulling me into states of lack disconnecting me from my relationship with god because who needs god when we've got a mini god in our pockets right A phone that can literally do everything, answer everything, solve every problem, every question, every dilemma, comfort us when we're tired or sad or bored or lonely. When we're turning to our phone first, no wonder we live in a society that is so disconnected from ourselves, is more anxious and depressed really than ever. And on top of that, for the first time in history, the belief in God is at an all-time low. And I'm not surprised that that drop in belief has lined up with the rise in technology and social media and in iPhone use, or I should say smartphone use. Let's not limit this to iPhones. Now, one more preface before I start sharing everything. The point of this episode is not to get you to throw your smartphone in the garbage or to get a flip phone like me. If that is for you and you feel called to that, amazing, and I'll share everything I think you need to know in order to make a smooth transition. However, my goal here is not to get you to do that. My goal is to help you become more consciously aware of the ways technology and the digital world and the internet and potentially your phone is pulling you out of your body, pulling you out of your heart, pulling you pulling you out of your union with God. The way that your phone where the internet has potentially enslaved you. I believe that we are designed and created to live a life really in awe. A life where we don't need to force gratitude or force awe or, or force a connection with God. But our brains have been so hijacked by phones and by the internet and social media and the dopamine hits that we get that we are no longer capable of a feeling in our bodies the way that we are designed to feel. So, let me backtrack a little bit and start with you know how I kind of got to where I am in deciding to switch to a flip phone. So, over the past year, I've over and over felt God calling me to create distance between myself and my phone and I've tried absolutely everything. I've listened to audiobooks on the topic, read books on the topic, a few of them I've I've read multiple times through to try to inspire or motivate myself to make change and they have inspired me or motivated me and I made a lot of changes. I tried making my screen black and white because I read that, you know, if it was if your phone's not in color, you're less attracted to it. I tried deleting social media during the week. I tried leaving my phone in the other room when I slept. I tried turning off all notifications. Everything eventually failed. When I had my notifications off, I found myself checking My apps, even more, worried that I was missing out on someone messaging me. When I left my phone in the other room to sleep, it worked. And then after a while, I would, you know, simply, quote unquote, forget to do it, right? Like my willpower would only last so long. When I turned my phone to black and white, it would work. And then I would get really frustrated when a friend would send me a beautiful photo or ask for an opinion on something. And I would turn it back on and conveniently forget to turn it back off. When I deleted my social media apps, I would simply find myself re-downloading them or it would work for a few days or for a week and then my self-control would dwindle again and I would re-download them and these are just a few of the fixes I tried I tried so many fixes and they all would work for a time period and I would get really excited and feel really good and refreshed and renewed and I would feel so good about myself and I would feel this sense of freedom of not being attached to my phone and then my self will would ultimately fail again and I know that some of these fixes work for some people because I have friends who've done some of these things more permanently and, and it works for them. And that's great. It didn't work for me. You know, it would I would go on a walk and put my phone on airplane mode and then I'd pick it up to change the music and suddenly there I am on my phone or I would, you know, permanently delete all my social media for a time period and instead of redownloading it I would just find myself googling random stupid questions and like lost on reddit or in just instagram articles or googling celebrities I don't care about anything to have a distraction on my phone or I'd find myself swiping through photos right like when I was I remember being on an airplane and I had no internet and I chose not to buy the wi-fi because I was like I'm just gonna unplug and use this you know however many hours away from The internet, and then I found myself scrolling through my forty thousand photos because yes, I have forty thousand. I know it's a lot. Scrolling through my photos, looking at memories, and it just—it got to a point where I just felt so burnt out and frustrated and exhausted. And my phone was getting in the way of me reaching my goals. It was getting away in between my relationship with God. It was getting in the way of my relationship with myself. It was taking up so much of my time. There were so many things I felt I just didn't have any time for in my life. Like, why couldn't I finish a book? And why couldn't I make time for all the puzzles and fun activities I told myself I was going to do? And why couldn't I make time to even finish all the ideas I had for work? Why didn't I feel creative anymore? It was like my phone was sapping it all out of me. The time, the creativity, the energy. I was just feeling exhausted. And I, I started to think like, you know, okay, phones are actually addicting, right? They have similar, give us a similar response in our brain that an a dr- addictive drug would. And so when you think about someone who's truly addicted to a drug, they don't try to k- get over that addiction while walking around all day with that drug in their pocket and just using their willpower to not reach into their pocket and use it. They don't try to get over that addiction while sleeping with that drug on their bedstand, trusting that they'll wake up in the morning or go to bed at night and have enough willpower to not use the drug. And yet, we expect ourselves to fix our relationship with our phones, our addiction to our phones for many of us, maybe not all of you, not speaking to everyone here, but many of us are addicted. I definitely was. We can't expect ourselves to solve that addiction for most of us, while walking around with that phone causing the addiction in our pockets all day long, or on our nightstand at night. And I was looking up the definition of addiction to see like, okay, am I really addicted to my phone? And Uh, The definition is a compulsive, chronic, physiological, or psychological need for a habit-forming, substance, behavior, or activity having harmful physical, psychological, or social effects. And it's typically causing well-defined symptoms such as anxiety, irritability, tremors, or nausea. Okay, so tremors or nausea, obviously not there because this is not as much a physiological addiction. But anxiety and irritability absolutely. And the fact that I couldn't with my own self control, create the distance I wanted another sign that it was an addiction. And because it is a real addiction, I decided to take it seriously and look at it and treat it the way that real addictions are actually treated. And that means a cold, hard break from the thing causing the addiction. And for me, that meant actually getting my phone out of my vicinity. That meant not having it in my pocket or in my purse all day, not having it in my bedroom, not even having it at all. And I thought about just, you know, getting off of all social media and email and everything. And just, I saw people talking about making their smartphones, dumb phones by turning off the internet and all these things. And I was like, you know what? That's not enough because I'm still going to take photos I have 40,000 freaking photos on my phone. I have been documenting my life for social media for for my business for almost seven years. Because yeah, the business I have right now that you all know has been about four years. But I had lots of online businesses before that that ultimately failed. But looking back, it's been seven years of nonstop documenting everything in my life and sharing everything in my life. And in the past year that's lessened a lot as I've shifted my relationship to my business and sharing so much of my life. And there are going to be more shifts in that that I'll that I'll talk about later, but I'm exhausted. I'm tired of going to watch a beautiful sunset and sun- sunset and suddenly finding myself viewing it through my phone because this would be a beautiful photo to post on my story later. I'm exhausted. Of living my life for social media. And not to say that I was living my life for social media. But I believe that. Any of us who have social media. And are active on it. To some extent. There is an unconscious part of us. That is always thinking about it. Especially if you use it for business. And you share your life. Always wanting to make sure. That you capture the right moments. Or you know. I have a personal page as well. That's private. Just for my close friends and family. So if you are on my Instagram and you know me as Pursuit of Bliss, that's my business account. I have a personal account as well that's private that you probably don't know about because it's private and personal, just for my friends and family. But even that one, I'll notice that I'll post something on there sometimes when I'm feeling down or just want some validation. And it feels really good to post a photo of a sunset. It feels so good to go back and see who liked my story, who responded to it, who fired it, who asked me a question about it, how many people viewed it. Why does that feel so good? Why does it give me so much validation? It's filling some sort of void that needs to be approached and looked at outside of this addiction that it's fueling. I don't want to say I'm li- I've am i been living my life for social media because I truly haven't. I do live my life for myself, but social media has taken over and taken away a lot of the joy from certain areas of my life. And, especially, you know, there's so many, you see all the reels on Instagram of all the beautiful people traveling and all the beautiful things they are taking part in and I watch them and I'm not uh, immune to, to the FOMO and, and, and to the lack that it makes a lot of us feel like, why is my life not like that? I need my life to be like that. They look way happier than me. I think we all feel the same thing, including those of us who make those reels. And I have to keep reminding myself, wait a second, like, that experience wasn't as magical and joyful as it looks like it was because it was experienced through their phone. And even if someone else was filming, it was experienced for their phone. And I know what that feels like because I've done that for years. And I'll tell you, it sucks. Eventually, you get to a point where the, the joy is no longer coming from the experience itself, but from the dopamine hits and from the validation that you get from the likes when you post it on social media. I remember moments of posting something beautiful on social media on my story. And then, you know, I would still be for Let's use sunset as an example, watching the sunset over the ocean, which is my favorite thing. And then posting on social media and I'm still sitting watching this gorgeous sunset. And I'm, it's like, I'm watching myself from outside my body, take out my phone, open Instagram and watch it through my story again and check to see who's liked it and check to see who's viewed it. And the sunset in real life is still in front of me. Why am I doing that? I would get so angry and frustrated with myself. Why can't I just be present? Why am I not only documenting this and then posting it and then while it's still happening, checking it on my phone? And this wasn't something that was happening all the time, but it did sometimes happen. And I hated it. Or even moments where I'd be out with friends or something and I'm feeling uncomfortable. I'm waiting for someone and I'm alone. And instead of using that moment to be with myself, I was pulling out my phone and it's like it was against my own will. I didn't want to be on my phone watching a sunset. I didn't want to be on my phone all the time when I'm out in public waiting for someone or feeling uncomfortable. I didn't want to be using my phone as a crutch or experiencing life through my phone. And yet I was doing it. That was like, that was a huge red flag for me where I was like, this isn't working for me. Something drastic has got to change. And it's like, no wonder so many people feel so unhappy in their lives and feel so lacking and they, they, they feel as though what they have isn't enough. I truly believe that it is impossible to, in an embodied way, truly feel grateful and believe that what you have is enough when you're constantly being bombarded with examples of how your life could be better, even though it's not real. And even if you're conscious of it, which I have been, and it was still affecting me. And I know right now that exactly where I am in my life, this is what I want. I know that I don't want to be out traveling the world right now constantly or I've done all of those things and I know that it didn't make me feel better, but social media makes you believe that it does. And I believe it steals our joy. I mean, I don't just believe that I know that and I believe it's been proven in studies as well. What you have will never be enough when there is someone else in your face online who seems to have more. Social media keeps us in an endless loop of lack and desperation for more. It steals joy from us, it steals presence from us, and it steals from our relationship with God. I'll tell you one of the biggest takeaways in just my two weeks of having a flip phone is my connection and relationship to God. And I'm going to share more about my takeaways in the two weeks since I've switched. But first I'll share my fears and what held me back from making this switch a long time ago. And I used to see people who would make drastic, you know, decisions like this. And I would just think, I've even said out loud, wow, that's really amazing. Honestly, I would do that, but I can't because X, Y, Z, fill in the blank with a random excuse. My excuses were, I'm so bad at directions, which is true. I get lost everywhere I go, even with navigation. I can't survive without my GPS. Uh, My business is online. It's on Instagram. Unfortunately, I need my phone for that. Bummer. Uh, I need to take photos for my business, for my Instagram, or I won't have clients, won't have a business. Bummer, can't get rid of my phone. Uh, I listen to podcasts and music all the time. I work out to music, listen to podcasts on walks. It really adds a lot to my life. I just can't give that up. It adds too much to my life. Uh, I would miss out on so much. I have so many people who reach out to me on, you know, WhatsApp and Messenger. I have a bunch of different apps like GroupMe and Telegram and Boxer where I have different communities and I stay in touch with people. And, you know, I would miss out on a lot of social events and, and relationships and people who really support me. Uh yeah, can't do that. Sorry. Gotta keep my phone. Unfortunately, other people can get rid of it, but these scenarios are super unique to me. And I personally, I I need my phone. <laughs> it adds to my life, but the reality was I don't need it. I don't need any of those things. Humans have lived for hundreds of years without those things. Our parents' generation, our parents' parents' generation lived most of their lives without those things. And they got along just fine. So why did I believe that I could not survive without them? That I couldn't live a thriving life without them? That they were adding so much to my life that it wouldn't even be worth it to break this addiction that was just killing me if I had to give up those things? That was how deep the grip was on me. And what I realize now is that, you know... All of those fears are somewhat real and valid. And I'll talk about how I've moved through them. But at the same time, if someone said to me, Kristen, I'm going to make you an offer. I'm going to give you a sense of peace you haven't experienced before, a sense of presence you haven't experienced before, a deeper relationship and connection to God where you're going to be able to build this sense of unshakable faith that's going to bring you the relief you're looking for. And I'm going to relieve 85% of your anxiety and stress. But in order to have those things, you're going to need to trade these things. You're going to miss out on some communication here and there. You might miss a social gathering a month or so. Uh, You may get lost a couple more times. But you're actually going to get better at navigation along the way. You're going to actually get better at your in-person relationships, even though you might miss out on some communication. You're actually going to gain more from your in-person experiences, even though you might miss out on a few. You're going to have to give up listening to music and podcasts all the time, but that blank space you create is going to serve you in ways that you don't realize now. And when you do listen to them, it's going to mean a lot more. It's going to feel a lot better. what would you do? Would you be willing to give those things up? Because when I thought about it that way, and to be honest, I didn't even know all the things I would gain. All I knew was that I had to try because what I was doing wasn't working and it got to the point where I was like, I will try anything. I can't continue on with this addiction. I have brain fog. My creativity is gone. I feel stressed. I feel lacking. I feel not enough. All of the things. And I remember God just kind of Smacked me in the face, Kristen, get rid of your phone. I'll take care of the rest. Don't worry about your business. Don't worry about your friends. Don't worry about your life. I'll take care of the rest. So what has actually happened with all of those fears? So my fear of being unreachable, uh, it's not completely untrue because, well, first of all, On the flip phone that I got, I do have WhatsApp and I do have regular text messaging. So having WhatsApp was a really important non-negotiable for me because I communicate with the majority of my friends on WhatsApp. Uh, So I really wanted to have that. And the flip phone I found actually has WhatsApp. It's the only app I have on it. And text messaging, there aren't really anything. There's nothing else on it. I think I can check weather. So I'm not unreachable, but the reality is... It doesn't work perfectly. Sometimes group messages don't always come through to me. I find a lot of iPhone users struggle to send me a message because it tries to send it as an iMessage. And I've tried to turn my iMessage off and it's glitching. I'm having issues with that. So a lot of people, I need to text them first. And once I've sent them a text, then they can text me from that point forward. It's no big deal. Some people with iPhones have no problem. So sometimes I'm like, huh, are people trying to reach out to me and they just can't get through? what's going on? Like, I just don't know. I could be completely out of touch, but then I remind myself the people who really want to reach me are going to reach me. They're not going to be deterred because one eye message doesn't go through. They're going to call me. They're going to DM me on Instagram. They're going to reach out to a friend of mine who can tell them how to reach me. People who are determined to reach me are not going to just not reach me. And so the reality is, yeah, I might be missing out on some messages, but the other reality is that's okay. I've actually found so much peace in being more unreachable. I haven't even tried to find my, to solve this iMessage problem, which I know is solvable. Uh, You know, turning off my iMessage so that uh, other people don't have any issue reaching me so their phone isn't trying to send an iMessage into, you know, nowhere and being confused. So instead of trying to solve that glitch that's going on. I've just been enjoying the space of being a little bit more unreachable and realizing that I don't need to be a moment away from every single person I've ever known. You know, when I switched my SIM card over, my contacts didn't transfer. So I've just been adding in new contacts one by one. And, it feels like such a relief because my other phone's got to have thousands of contacts. It's like every single person I've ever known since I got a cell phone, my first flip phone when I was like, I don't know, 14 maybe? 13? 13? I think 13. I don't know. That's a lot of years. That's like, you know, 15 plus years. I can't do the quick math right now, but that that's a lot of freaking years to collect contacts. I don't need to have the contact of... People I knew in middle school and boys I kissed in college and ex-friends and every, you know, beauty salon I've ever been to, every ex I've ever had. I just, it, it feels freeing to let go of all of that. And obviously my photos didn't transfer, but they are on my iCloud, right? So it's not like they're gone forever, but I can't just flip through them. And my phone's not reminding me of memories all the time. And that was actually another unexpected freedom I didn't realize was that not having photos, not having my phone showing me, you know, a slideshow of memories from the past every day was so freeing. I didn't realize how much looking at all the slideshows from my past every day was attaching me to my past. You know, it's so easy to look at photos of our past and remember all the good things about those time periods, but not the bad things. And comparing the good things about those time periods to the bad things in our life now. And it's like looking at our old photos of the past can also bring us into a state of lack. And it can be beautiful to reminisce on photos, but I also don't think that we are created and designed to see images of our past realities every single day or all the time. I think it pulls us out of the present. And I'm not saying no photos ever, like I love photos in my home and pictures of my friends and family and that's great. It's something completely different to be bombarded every single day with a series of photos. Different photos every day of different times in your life and different people. Because it's funny, every time I see photos from a certain time period, I find a way to convince myself that that time period was better than now. Or that sort of I, I need to go back to that. Or that place was awesome. Or, you know, that thing I was doing, that that was it. That was better. When in reality, no. When I really think about it, every single time period of my life has had its challenges. None of them were perfect. So I don't need my phone to be showing me the highlight reel of my past. Just like I don't need to see the highlight reel of every other person's life on Instagram. I just don't think we were designed or created to function in that way. To receive all of that influx of images and information related to our past every single day, I believe we're meant to be lived free of the past, of the good and the bad in the past. Both, not just the bad. I think if, we're, if, we're, if we want to live a life that's really grounded in the present, we have to free ourselves from the past. And that was hugely, hugely helpful for me in a way that I didn't quite expect. Um, another question a lot of people had was what about FOMO? Like, do you fear you're missing out on things? And I thought I would, but I actually don't. There's literally no FOMO at all. Uh, there's just more peace. I don't fear that I'm missing out on anything important or any important messages. Like I said, there's a joy in being unreachable to some extent. I'm just savoring it right now. And right as of right now, I'm not fully off of social media. I check on my computer. Uh, People want to know how I was posting stories. I also have an iPad, an iPad mini. I've had it for like three or four years. I never used it. I've been meaning to sell it for years. It's been on my to-do list for like six months. Never got around to it. Now I know why. Because I use my iPad for things like Venmo, posting stories on social media, on my business account. Uh. If I like it was an emergency and I needed to order an Uber, I could do that. Uh, but I'm not using it very much. It's very intentional. and I do intend to actually take a break from Instagram as well. I think I'm gonna do at least a month off uh, of Instagram because I really want to play around with the idea of not having an Instagram based business and I just keep hearing God calling me to to walk away, step away from Instagram for a time don't think I'll be leaving permanently, but I need to reevaluate my relationship with it because having the phone has been so freeing, but I think I need to completely unplug, take a break from all social media for a month as well to really tune into God in a really big way and to feel into what my business will be like moving forward because honestly I don't know what's going to happen when I'm not taking any photos to post, what's going to happen when... I don't have my phone to post things when I feel inspired or to write things down or, you know, what would happen if I didn't have a life based on social media or, I mean, a business based on social media, I guess, either. I built my entire business based on Instagram. So the truth is, I don't know, but God does. So I'm blindly following him and trusting that he's got me because I actually got to the point where I was so overwhelmed by being on my phone all the time for work that I wanted to quit my business I actually found myself in a moment of desperation actually looking at jobs online like you know what maybe I just need to leave my business for a year because I'm so sick of being on my phone and being online and documenting my life and being on Instagram and over and over and over I was praying about it and I just kept hearing God say stay it was the only word he was giving me every single time I asked it was just stay Kristen I'm not done with you here stay And I was like, it was kind of an argument because I was like, God, I don't want to stay. I am so exhausted. I don't want to be on social media. I don't want to be online. I just want to unplug from everything forever. And I just kept hearing stay. So here I am. And it's his will above mine because he knows better than me. And I'm happy to not be walking away because the truth is I love my business. I love all of you. I love the work I do so deeply. I love the woman I work with so deeply. I'm so fulfilled in the work that I do. It's everything else that has become really overwhelming. But I'm trusting that I'm taking my hands off so God can put his hands on and he's going to show me the way. And I'm trusting him completely because God's my boss, right? Like I'm the CEO, I guess, but God's the real CEO. He's the boss of my business, not me. I report to him and he told me to stay. He's not done with me here. Uh, So moving on to some of the other questions people wanted to know and uh, a big one was GPS. How am I getting around in my car? My car doesn't have a GPS function right now. And you can ask any of my friends, everyone will tell you I am the worst person they've ever met when it comes to directions and getting lost and driving, even with navigation speaking to me, I somehow managed to turn every 10 minute drive into 30 because I take wrong turns. So actually I just took a road trip that took actually 11 hours last weekend without my iPhone and I made it with really, I don't think I made any wrong turns. What I've been doing for navigation is just like in the olden days, I go on MapQuest and I just write down the directions on a sticky note or a journal. I now keep little mini journals in all of my purses and in my car as well to write down ideas that come to me that I used to put on my notes on my phone uh, or to write down directions, things like that. So I just write down the directions. I study the map and then I get out on my way. And my... Flip phone I do have actually has a GPS function on it. It's really difficult to use. It's really slow. It's not a live GPS like in like a smartphone where it'll live update where you are and show you where you where to go. It's kind of more like a MapQuest function where you can type in a location, which takes forever to type it in and to load and then it'll kind of give you a list of directions to show you. So in emergencies, if I'm really, really lost, I can use that function to get a list of directions to get me back on track, which is really, really nice to have that kind of as a backup. So I feel safe, but I've been sticking to my written directions. And honestly, I've gotten so much better at driving in just two weeks at directions. I should say I've been getting lost a lot less. I've, I have have a better grasp on directions and I have a better grasp on the freeways and where everything connects and I've actually been able to get to places that I couldn't get to before without directions and my conclusion is that my smartphone was giving me a dumb brain (laughs) it wasn't challenging me at all to build the connections I needed in my brain to learn how to get good at directions or navigation and so just in two weeks I've gotten so much better I can't even imagine I'm sure in a year I'll be grand I mean And I'm thinking about this like, wow, I thought I was so bad at directions and navigation and maybe I'm worse than the average person. But the biggest problem was my phone, was I was depending on it all the time. I was not present when I was driving. I mean, I was present, like I'm a safe driver, but I wasn't really present to what was going on, to what direction I was driving, to why I was getting on which freeway, to where everything was linking up, et cetera. Now I'm so present to my experiences, my brain is actually working to make connections and figure things out, right? Like most of our parents grew up without navigation. I remember helping my mom in the car and we would have uh, actual paper maps and I would be in the, the, the uh, passenger seat and she would tell me what street we were going to and I would find it and I would figure it out like a maze and tell her where to go. And when I learned to drive when I was 16, I was using printed out map quests to get to my tennis tournaments and things like that. And I don't remember having an issue getting lost. I didn't become bad at driving in my memory until my adult years when I bought my first car, I think a few years ago. I I think I bought my first car at 25. About five years ago. So if this is happening with driving... I was wondering how many other areas of life am I not realizing it that my smartphone is giving me a dumb brain? It can't just be navigation. Like what other issues does my phone quote unquote solve? But in reality, it's taking away my personal ability to solve this issue on my own. It's creating a codependence on this thing that I don't want to be dependent on. Uh, The other big question has been music and podcasts. It was a fear of mine. It was a question everyone asked me. How do you listen to music? Or I listen to podcasts all the time and audiobooks. What are you doing? So when I visited home a couple weeks ago, I actually brought back an iPod. This ancient artifact from the dinosaur ages, it feels like, uh, from the 2000s. I think it's my sister's from high school. It's like a hot pink iPod. And I actually plugged it into my computer and found out that it was incompatible with iTunes in my computer now. So I couldn't upload any new music to it. So when I went to the gym, I was listening to like Avril Lavigne and, uh, all of those 2000s hits that my, my little sister used to listen to when she was in high school. And like, gosh, I don't even know what year she was in high school, maybe 2012 or something. Uh, And, you know, Kelly Clarkson, Since You've Been Gone and like all these, these songs. And that was fun. And then it died and I realized I don't have a charger for it. So I actually then spent a few days going to the gym and not listening to music and found out that that works really well for me. And I don't actually need it. I thought I was dependent on it for motivation, but turns out it was actually just a distraction, constantly picking new playlists and changing the music. And especially when I had my iPhone, Every time I went to change the music, I would check something on my phone in between working out and my workouts were taking longer and they were less effective. My workouts are now more enjoyable. I have zero distractions and I'm enjoying them so much more. I am also someone who goes on long walks almost every single day. It's my biggest form of exercise. I love to go on walks probably four to five, if not more days a week. I go on walks of an hour or more. Either on the beach or around my neighborhoods where I live or really anywhere. And I used to always listen to music, podcasts, or audiobooks. And I've been instead walking in silence. I bring my flip phone with me just in case anyone calls me or something or in for time, but I don't even bring the ancient iPod. I don't have any other way to listen to music. And honestly, it's been amazing. It feels so good. I am not bored. I spent a lot of time talking to God, a lot of time just present in my reality, a lot of time with myself, not realizing that before, the constantly listening to music and audiobooks and podcasts was an impediment to my relationship with God and myself. I had so little spacious time without distractions with God or with just myself. So, no wonder I felt so disconnected from myself, from my heart, and from God, wasn't spending time with myself or God. And uh, yeah, I was a big audiobooker, not really a big podcast listener. I listen to a lot of audiobooks, especially in the car, and I uh, haven't missed it, honestly. I just feel more connected to myself. I'm going to God now for the answers, and I haven't cut them out completely. Like, sometimes when I'm at home, I will use my computer, and I can uh, actually have, like, a Roku TV, and I can connect audible or spotify either from my ipad or my computer to my tv i can also connect my computer my macbook to my little portable speaker i have so when i'm at home i can listen to audiobooks i have done that maybe once or twice in the past two weeks while cooking dinner put on uh, for me i haven't even been listening to my like self-development audibles or anything i've been actually listening to harry potter uh and i don't know i just haven't felt called to listen to the audiobooks yet um and I've never been a big podcast listener. There are a few I like to listen to and same thing. I'll just put them on my speaker on my TV while I cook dinner or something when I'm at home. So in the car, I've either been driving in silence or listening to the radio, which is interesting because it helps to uh, release this addiction we have to getting everything we want right away when I can't listen to every single song I want and every single moment I want it. I'm deprogramming this instant gratification fulfillment that we all have which is actually very detrimental to us in life and I've been listening to either what is on the radio or just sitting in silence which has also been nice. I did an 11-hour drive last week with just radio and I also went to the library and I got about 12 physical CDs which also felt like ancient artifacts and I got three Audiobooks on CDs that were available at the library. I listened to a few of the CDs on my drive. Honestly, not a lot of them because it was a pain to change them while I was driving. But um, my sister, actually, when I was home, she's moving to New York. So she gave me her record player, all of her record collection and her CD collection from high school for me to safe keep for her. And so when I'm at home for music, I'm either not listening to music or I'll put on a record, which is great because it forces me to listen to an entire album instead of constantly changing the music and listening to what I want to listen to, I am forced to kind of more enjoy the entire album, not just the songs that give me that instant high. And I have to flip the record. After the record ends, I typically will just be in silence working or doing whatever I'm doing. So spending way more time in silence. Uh, So it's been great so far. I thought that would be really difficult. The hardest part I thought would be like withdrawal from music. And honestly, I'm someone who constantly listens to music. The second I get out of bed, I'm putting music on my speaker. I have so many playlists for all my different vibes and moods and days of the week. And when I work, I listen to, you know, soundtracks from movies, but I haven't missed it. I've been reveling in this silence. It's felt so good. I feel a lot more clear. There's less clutter in my mind. Not to say that's coming just from the lack of music and but in general, I feel so much more clear. Okay, other questions people wanted to know, what was the detox period like and what are you feeling the space or need of the addiction with now? So the quote-unquote detox period or like the first week, I don't know. It was easy for me. I just felt peace and freedom. And, and the truth is, yeah, the first few days I reached for my phone so many times, my flip phone, I it, out of habit, I would reach it and open it when I was bored or whatever, all of the time. And I would open it and there would be nothing there. And I would scroll, scroll around the apps and there was nothing to distract myself and I would put it down. And I just wasn't getting the dopamine hit each time I picked it up. And eventually I just stopped having that impulse. And I'll still sometimes have the impulse to check it, but there's literally nothing there to give me a dopamine hit. And honestly, people aren't texting me that much. So I don't usually have that many notifications or anything going on on there. I use it mostly for staying in touch with family and a couple friends and for calling people when I need to. And, uh, so it's, it's been fairly easy. And what have I filled the time with? I have been doing so much reading. I read like two books in the past two weeks, two and a half. And, Uh, I've been spending more time playing with my cats. I've been spending more time outside, more time walking, uh, more time in nature, more time with myself. Just, I went home to visit my family last week and I felt so much more present. I did so many activities, like all of the things I felt like I don't have time for. I just was doing more of, I would say the number one thing I'm doing more of right now is reading reading for fun, just fiction books. I love to read and I've been doing so much reading and I keep saying, "Ugh, why am I not reading? I love to read and I'm not doing that much reading. So it's like the time has been filled with things that actually fill me up and serve me and leave me feeling better after I complete them rather than before. Most of my time spent on my phone left me feeling depleted afterward. So the process has been fairly easy for me and Even when I'm out and about, like on walks and stuff, uh, it's like there would be times where I'd bring my iPhone with me, but I wouldn't take photos. But even having it on me, knowing I had the ability to take a photo if I wanted to, it siphoned my energy. Now when I have just the flip phone, the photos are so shitty, like pretty low quality. I take them. If I take photos, it's just to send to my mom or something or to put the wallpaper on my phone. So very rarely do I take any photos, sometimes of my cats because they're so freaking cute. I just literally have to, even if it's really low quality, although I don't take as many photos. I was taking like so many a day. Now it's like, you know, a couple times a week, but not even having the iPhone on me, just having the flip phone has taken, given me back so much energy. I didn't realize how much unconscious thought was going into either taking photos or trying to use my self-will or self-control to not take photos, to not document things, or to not post something on social media or check it when I'm on a walk. So it's been so great. The process has honestly felt easy. It's been great. I haven't had any issues. Uh is this a permanent change? I have no idea. Is it a short term change? I don't feel it as being super short term. Like this is not just a one month and I'm done. This is a, I'm going to do it until I feel called to make a different change. And right now it's really serving me. If I get to a point where it's no longer serving me, I'll think about making a change. I've thought about, you know, if I had international travel, I might reactivate my iPhone just for uh, the GPS navigation and Uber and things like that, that make me feel safer. If I was traveling alone internationally, which I've done before. um, Other than that, if I was traveling with someone else, I don't want to switch my phone back. Even here, uh, I rarely use Uber. I don't really go out and drink ever. If I do, it's like a glass of wine. And so I don't usually use Uber. Uh, if I did want to go out and have a couple drinks and not think about driving, I would be with friends who could call me an Uber or a restaurant could call me a taxi or an Uber. Uh, you know, sometimes it might be more inconvenient. Maybe it would cost more money to have a taxi, but I'll take that. The payoff is this freedom of not having the iPhone. And, uh, you know, honestly, that's great because even times where I might think about going out and having a couple glasses of wine. Now I'm like, uh, eh, I can't really Uber. It's a pain to Uber. So I'm just going to drive myself and I'm just going to have one drink even better. So it's actually prevented me in times where I might've actually had a few more drinks. And that is another little happy side effect. Someone asked, is there anything that you really miss? Mm, right now? No. Honestly, no. There is nothing that I miss at all. Like I, maybe I'm in like the honeymoon phase of not having an iPhone. I don't know, but I just feel good, like really good, really, really, really damn good. Uh, so no, there is nothing I can think of that I really miss. Uh, one caveat: last night there was a moment where I was wanted to just get in my car and drive to a sunset spot, and I was frustrated because I had to walk up stairs. Into my home, I had to open my computer, look up directions, and write them down first. But whatever, like that's one short term frustration. But now I can drive to that place without even having to use navigation. So, one short term inconven- inconvenience saves me so much time long term because now I don't even have to go through the process of typing it in on my phone and plugging it in and watching the navigation. Now that I've done it once and I had to think, and I did make a wrong turn last night, and it helped me to figure out exactly where I was and get back on track. Now I can get there every single time without even having to write down directions. So the short-term frustrations honestly pay off in the long term, so it's worth it. Uh, Something else, what about voice notes and logistics of daily phone use? Uh the text message function doesn't allow me to send voice notes. I never did send voice notes on iMessage. I don't think they are function very well. I don't like them. On WhatsApp I always voice note and my my flip phone actually has a voice note uh function. So that's great. I send voice notes on a WhatsApp still and it saves me from having to text, you know, and press the physical buttons. Someone else asked, God made me aware that my phone is an idol. Does this have any influence on you switching it up? Um, Yes and no. It wasn't a conscious reason I chose. It's not, I didn't say, oh, my phone's an idol. I need to give it up because it's bad. I did notice my phone was getting in the way of my relationship with God. I wasn't okay with that. After giving it up, I now realize what an idol it was. Like, oh my gosh, I can't even believe it. I spent way more time on my phone than I did God. I went to my phone first when I needed comfort, when I had questions, for everything, when I was lonely. It gives us a facade of filling all of that, all of those voids, right? Like, lonely, just go on Instagram and connect with people. Have a question, just Google it and find the answer, right? But they don't actually bring us the peace that we're meant to be seeking in God. So, yes, After the fact, like in hindsight, yes, my phone was definitely an idol. Was that a reason I gave it up? Not consciously. Uh, How do you manage with image and video content? Someone asked. I'm not really. I'm really loving that I'm not documenting everything. I do still have an iPad, so if I wanted to film something or if I needed to take a photo, I could lug my iPod out into the world with me or just film at home. So the best part about this is that it's still possible. It's just way more inconvenient. I haven't taken my iPad with me to film anything or like to take photos. I kind of just want to run my business right now off of, e- off of email and podcasting and see how that goes and see where God leads me. And then we'll, we'll see. Uh, now I do want to say that it's not the perfect end all be all fix. Do I sometimes find myself scrolling when I check Instagram on my computer or iPad? Yes, absolutely. The thing about it is that I'm not scrolling for a long period of time. I'm not getting lost in it because it's inconvenient to do it on this like huge thing. The phone was much easier. My iPod is only taken out intentionally when I'm, you know, need it for something like Venmo or for work, same with my computer. So it's not on me all the time. I'm not laying down to relax on my couch and then pulling my phone out of my pocket. So it's happening way less. It's way more inconvenient. So when I am scrolling or looking at stories, it's like I'll look at two or three and then I'm logging off or scroll two or three and logging off. So it's not solving that problem completely, but I'm never checking it when I'm out and about it's not even, I'm not thinking about it. It's not siphoning my energy anymore because it's not even on me. It's not even an option. And I am going to continue to set even stricter boundaries with social media on my other devices, I think in the next couple of weeks. Um, But right now I'm just focusing on the flip phone and the changes I've already made. So now let's talk about all of the beautiful things I have experienced, expected and unexpected as a result of this change. So I have way more trust in the unknown. It's crazy. Like in my life right now, I've been thrown into a huge space of trusting God, getting a flip phone, kind of I'm going to take myself off of Instagram for a month or so probably. Uh, My relationship with Instagram is going to change moving forward if I do return full time to it for my business, which I'm not sure I will or not. Uh, There's a big blank space. The way that I built my business, I'm just pulling that rug out from underneath myself right now. I don't know how it's going to run or what's going to happen moving forward. I have no idea. And I've already thrown my business for a loop. Now talking about God all the time. So many people have already left. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm in a huge space of unknown with my business and in a few other areas of life. And the solutions haven't appeared. And yet all of the anxiety, not all, I'd say 90% has disappeared. It's like I suddenly feel safe in the unknown. And I believe it's because number one, I'm no longer reaching to my phone to numb when I'm feeling anxious, so I'm now feeling it and understanding it. I'm no longer turning to my phone for answers, I'm turning to God, and how can I expect to feel safe and led and held by God if I'm not building a relationship with him more often than not? My strongest relationship was always with my phone, not with God. Uh, And on top of that, in physical experiences of the unknown, I'm not able to escape them or find the solution with my phone. And I'm going to give you an example of what I mean. So for example, when I was on my road trip, which took me about 11 hours, it was only supposed to take eight hours. I kept hitting traffic. There were quite a few times I hit traffic and normally I have my iPhone. I can look at it. You know, you can zoom out. You have a smartphone. You know this, you zoom out of the map. You can see how long the red goes for, how long the orange goes for how long the traffic is going to be, how bad it is. It even tells you how many minutes you're going to be in traffic. It tells you if there's faster ways to get around the traffic, to so just avoid it. Your iPhone has all of the answers and all of the solutions. So it was really interesting to sit in the traffic and not know and not have a way to know. I didn't have a quick fix. I couldn't find a quick way around the traffic because I didn't know where I was. I was kind of in the middle of nowhere because I was in the middle of a, eight, what became an 11-hour road trip. It's not like I was in my local area where I know the area. I couldn't just go around it. I had no idea what was causing it. I couldn't look it up or figure it out. Uh, I couldn't see if there was red or orange or hot. Like that just wasn't available to me. It was interesting. So my only option was to sit and to wait, to wait it out and to trust that I would make it through it. And I had to sit in the unknown of not knowing how long it would last, not knowing what was causing it, not knowing how many minutes, not none of it. And to be honest, in the beginning, it was so hard. I was like so anxious and like, oh my gosh, what's happening? Should I just call my mom and have her Google it for me? And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to practice sitting in the unknown. And it strengthened my muscle or my capability of sitting in the unknown because that is a muscle. You have to build your practice of getting comfortable with the uncomfortable, with uncertainty. And it might seem like a small, silly example, but truly... Having these experiences, and it's happened in many, many ways, that's one example I'm giving you. There have been so many experiences where normally I'd reach for my phone to find the answer, and I don't have that capability. So instead, I've just been sitting in the uncertainty and dealing with it. Like, what a phenomenon in this day and age to not reach for the answer right away, whether it's in traffic or, you know, even just out and about, and I suddenly have a question about something. Normally, I would just Google it or I see something and I want to buy it and I can't open Amazon on my phone. Or I'm wondering if that one person emailed me back about that one thing, but I got to sit in the uncertainty. I can't check because I don't have the capability. Or I suddenly wonder how that one friend is doing with that one thing, but then I remember what a pain it is to send text messages on my phone and I decide to wait until I have a chance to call them and I can be really present with them to check in and I sit in the uncertainty. There are so many moments of this, and I realize now that my phone has numbed me to my ability to be in uncertainty and not need the answer right away. I'm so used to instant gratification, and that road trip was such a, a, a good practice for me of, yeah, that turned into hours. It was like there were 30 so many 30-minute patches of traffic. It turned into adding three extra hours to my drive, and I didn't have all the answers. I didn't know how long it was going to be, and that was okay, and I survived it. And I made it through. And I'm not saying that that experience on its own has suddenly made me feel safe in all the uncertainty of life. But there is something about, about it and about me constantly showing up to the uncertainty in life that's helped me with the bigger things, right? Like practicing it in the small ways has helped me in the big ways, when you surrender in the small ways, it gets easier to surrender in the big ways. When we see how we're okay in the small ways, when we surrender, it's much easier in the big ways. But when we're always giving ourselves instant gratification, we're always finding the answer, we're always pushing away our uncertainty in the little ways, it's going to give us anxiety in the big ways when we can't do the same thing. This has been huge for me. It was completely unexpected. I did not expect this as a side effect. And this is one of the reasons I do not see myself going back to my phone anytime in the near future to my smartphone, because this has been so phenomen- phenomenal, so deep, so transformational for me. And I truly believe that the way that we were designed and created by God to function, right, in union with Him, in trust, in surrender. The phone takes away that ability because it becomes this little God in our life, right? It gives us all the answers. We lean on it and it creates more anxiety. And it also saps our ability to do the things that God created us to be really good at. Like surrendering, like living in uncertainty, like trusting him, like navigating, right? In one little example. There's so many things I believe God created us to be great at that our phone has taken away our ability to be great at. I believe that our phone has enslaved us in a lot of ways. I believe that some of us actually don't know how great we can feel or how great we are at certain things or are designed to be because our phone has siphoned away our energy or abilities to to live the way we were designed to live and to function the way we are designed to function. Another real life example of something I didn't expect was after my road trip, I got home and I was like, wow, you know, I just need a freaking burger. I'm starving. I'm exhausted. I just was stuck in traffic for hours, uh, listening to the two thousands music on my CDs. Like I just need a freaking burger. So I go to one of my favorite places near my house and I get in line and there's literally only two people ahead of me. And I think I was in line for 25 minutes. Well, there were two It wasn't two people. It was like a couple and then there was a dad and his two kids. So two different like groups of people in front of me and I was behind them for so long and I was getting so annoyed. Like, are you kidding me? What could possibly be taking so long? I could take their order faster than this. They all want a burger and like a milkshake or something great. Put it in the computer. Let's move on. What, I, was, I was so annoyed. I was starving. I was exhausted. I was, my body was just felt so tight from sitting in the car for 11 hours. I was just over it and and I was hangry, to be honest. I was super annoyed. So I reached to take out my phone to go on Instagram and distract myself and remembered, oh wait, it's not there. And I was like, great. Now I get to stand in this really long line and I have nothing to distract me from my hunger and my annoyance. And so I sat there, or I didn't sit there; I stood there in line, and I started looking around because I had nothing to do. And I started to pay attention to what was going on. And I looked at the people in front of me, and I was like, "Oh, well, how nice that dad's taking like his sons out for this little date together to get burgers." I, you know, hope they're having a good time, and uh, I actually don't mind that much that they're in front of me. And then I look at the the person who's at the cash register, and it's a guy who's I don't know; he looked like he was eighteen or nineteen, and he looks so nervous. And it turns out it was his first day, I think, because the other lady in the back kept checking in on him and helping him and showing him where things were on the computer. And uh, he kept looking at the line that was getting longer and looking even more nervous and looking back at the computer. And I suddenly felt this wave of compassion for him and all of my annoyance left. And I was like, Wow. Here I am getting so angry when this poor kid, his first ever shift or his first few shifts, it's a Friday evening, people are hungry, people are clearly being rude to him and not having patience with him and he's doing the best that he can. I can clearly see that. He was trying really hard. It's not like he was neglecting the job or distracted. He was focusing. He just... Wasn't used to the job yet, and uh, I could see that he was stressed and anxious. And immediately, uh, I just started to pray for him. Uh, and I've never done that before. I've never stood in a line and and prayed for someone that I was annoyed with because I usually just take out my phone and I distract myself. And all of a sudden, I was flooded with compassion and patience and empathy. And I didn't feel angry or frustrated or annoyed. And when my turn came, like 20-something minutes later, I just felt good. I felt happy. I felt happy I was able to give him an experience that uh, didn't fill him with anxiety and pressure that hopefully made him feel a little bit more at ease on his first day of work. And I was able to be kind to him and sit and wait patiently for my burger. And I left with my food feeling just calm and peaceful and thankful for the experience. When if I had my phone, I would have gone on to it right away. I would have uh, spent the 20 minutes on my phone, distracting myself from my hunger and my annoyance. I would have left feeling even more annoyed and frustrated and probably just, angry that it had to take so long when it shouldn't have and why was that guy at the cash register doing such a bad job and all these things. Uh, So in that reality, when normally I would have been so happy to have my phone to distract myself, make time go by faster, it actually worked out in my favor to not have it. And now I'm, I was thinking like, wow, how many times in life do I use my phone to distract myself when I'm uncomfortable or angry or hungry or frustrated When in reality, I and everyone around me would be better served with my complete presence. My complete presence better served myself, better served that guy behind the register who I got to pray for and, and my relationship with myself and God and, and everyone, because I left that day feeling calm and that's the energy I send out into the world and everyone I interacted with after it creates a ripple effect. My presence created a positive, loving ripple effect. When the other option would have been me creating a frustrating, angry, annoyed ripple effect out into the world, a negative one. So not having my phone, my smartphone, gave me more compassion, empathy, and presence. And in the end, left me feeling peaceful rather than angry and annoyed and disconnected. That was such a powerful experience for me. We don't know how much our phones are cutting us off from the direct connection we have to deeper compassion, love, empathy, patience, and peace. Like how often do I pray for more patience or wish for more patience and it just doesn't come? And it's like, well, I'm sure I'm being given plenty of opportunities to experience and practice patience, but I'm not using them. I'm distracting and numbing myself through them because it's uncomfortable to practice patience in the beginning. But once you're in the process of being patient, it feels good, or at least it did for me. And that's just one of many experiences I've experienced in the past two weeks with patients. Uh, Other beautiful things I've experienced besides trust in the unknown and more patience and compassion is my anxiety has dramatic, dramatically lessened, like dramatically. I was in a pretty dark, foggy space before this. Uh, The anxiety was getting pretty high and So much of it has lifted my life situation. The things I was feeling anxious about have not changed one bit. My anxiety about them has, because when we're tapped into God, when our hearts are filled with God and the spirit of God, when we're no longer living in the fear in our minds, right in the presence of God, fear and anxiety can't exist because he is love. The more filled up with God we are, the less anxiety and fear we experience. I believe, especially this was my lived experience in the past two weeks, So when I was less distracted, I was more plugged in and tuned into God. It's like I took my plug out of my phone and I plugged it directly into God. And immediately, a lot of my anxiety was just siphoned away. And I realized so much of it was coming from my distraction, from my time on social media, from my phone, from constantly feeling on, constantly feeling like I needed to respond to people, et cetera. Like, oh, we're not meant to be so plugged in and connected to so many people all the time. It's exhausting and draining. We're also not meant to be seeing the lives of others all the time. It's exhausting and draining. We're meant to be living life that's present. And something else I've experienced is awe, like the feeling of awe and gratitude as well. And I mean, naturally occurring awe and gratitude because I'm really good at practicing gratitude and listing lifting my blessings and going on walks and, you know, thanking God for all the things I see that are beautiful and, you know, watching a sunset and feeling, wow, so beautiful, like that feeling of awe. But I believe that we were created to feel awe all the time in all of God's creations. And I've started to notice that going on walks without my phone, without a smartphone, without music, without podcasts, with nothing, like all the time, like this is happening all the time, or even just driving with nothing. I'm spending so much time in silence with nothing. I'm plugged into nothing that I'm starting to experience natural gratitude and awe for things around me that I don't typically notice like flowers poking through a fence or I don't know the beauty of someone walking by me or or the beauty of someone smiling at me on the sidewalk or across the street because now I'm actually noticing people and making eye contact because I'm not looking at my phone or just plugged into a podcast or something or an audiobook and I I'm naturally feeling more awe and just this awe-inspiring feeling and I'm seeing the reflection of God in, in nature more and even when I'm not in nature, just in all of the things around me and I'm not saying I feel this all the time, I'm not walking around on cloud 9 24-7, I'm still having moments of feeling down or anxiety or the normal human feels, but I'm having more, even more moments of awe. Moments that I didn't usually use to happen. Like typically I would have to consciously choose to notice the beauty around me and to feel awe. Now I'm not even consciously choosing it. It's just happening because of all the spaciousness I've created. So uh, more awe, more faith, more patience, more gratitude, more productivity. I'm doing more of the things I claimed I didn't have time for. I already touched on that. Uh, Definitely more prayer and time with God. Energy flooding back into my life. I feel so much better. Like a fog has lifted. Like a heavy darkness has lifted. Just so much has changed for the better. I just feel lighter. I feel better. I feel more present. I feel more clear. I feel more free. I feel more at peace. And I just didn't realize before how much of my life and my energy my phone was sucking away from me. Yeah, I... I think it's one of those things that you don't know until you, you get rid of it and you experience it. And I feel so much more in tune with my body and my heart. And yeah, it's just, you know, now maybe you understand a bit more why I said in the beginning that I think our, our smartphones in the digital age we live in is the number one energy to our feminine beingness. It pulls us out of our of the way that we're designed to operate and function, right? Like surrender and trust and faith and patience and compassion and love my phone had been siphoning away my ability to naturally be in the embodiment of all of these virtues and values that I believe were meant to naturally align with and awe as well when I was constantly, when I constantly had my phone on me. Uh It kind of is like, it's like a drug, right? It gives you that high, that dopamine hit. You feel a lot of pleasure, but then when you don't have the high, you feel the low, right? It's like the hangover after being drunk or the come down after a drug it's the same thing with a the phone there's a come down after the dopamine hits and the pleasure stimulation of being on our phones and it leaves us feeling even more disconnected even more lost even more unhappy unfulfilled, and unloved i think it denies us the possibility of feeling the deep peace we're meant to feel when we are totally plugged into god uh, i think constant phone use shuts us down right were less radiant and less open to life or speaking for myself, I was less radiant, less open to life. I'm not saying that this is like the end all be all solution and all my problems are fixed and I'm going to feel like peaceful and, you know, fluttery and beautiful and magical forever and I'm going to constantly trust God and never doubt again. Like, no, absolutely not. That is not what I'm saying. This is not an end all be all solution to everything, but it has helped me dramatically. I've never felt so much dramatic relief as I have in the past two weeks. <laughs> so uh, for people who are also asking for logistics, I have at and as my cell phone server. So I actually went on Amazon and just searched at and flip phone and I actually called at and to confirm that this, I actually, I didn't call them. I chatted with them on their live chat sent them the link to the Amazon phone and asked if it would function properly with my SIM. They said, yes, I purchased it. I think it was $60. I took my SIM card from my iPhone and put it directly into my current phone. And that's all I've had to turn on my iPhone a few times to get passwords for certain things like telegram. So I could log into it on my computer or Venmo to log in on my ipad etc other than that i'm not turning on or using my iphone i have not thrown my iphone away completely uh i do still have it in case i need it for emergencies or need to go get a password from it or whatever i haven't thrown it away but it's turned off away probably dead in the back of a drawer somewhere in my house and i have no inclination to turn it on or touch it actually the few times i did turn it on to get a password uh I ended up getting sucked into some apps and to Instagram and things and like scrolling. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this phone has such a hold over me. And now I'm like no longer turning on to get passwords unless I really, really need to. I'm just resetting them. Cause I'm like, it's not even worth it for me to turn that thing on. I want to be as far away from it as possible. And that feels really good. So you know, I believe that right now there's a lot of spiritual warfare going on. There's a war for our hearts. There is goodness and love, and there are there is evil in this world. And, you know, love has already won, but time is not linear, uh, not to God. God exists outside of time. So love has already won. God has already won, but we as humans experience linear time. And right now in the linear time that we are in, the spiritual war is still going on. And there is a darkness in the world that wants to win our hearts. And for me, the phone was losing that battle for me. You know, God can work through anything. God can work through our phones and, but so can, you know, darker forces and and the darkness in the world. And, and for me, it was a losing battle. God can work through all things and of course he was still working through me with my phone and there was so much goodness to having a smartphone and there were a lot of ways that I did connect with God through my phone, but at the same time, the benefits were not outweighing the drawbacks and I felt seriously called by God in a way I couldn't deny to get rid of my phone. I was enslaved to it. Uh, It was very clearly getting in the way of a deeper connection with God. So that was my calling. I'm not saying it has to be your calling, but I would encourage you to take a real good look at your relationship with your phone and really ask yourself, am I addicted? Is it, am, I, am I a slave to my phone? Do I have the ability and the self-control to delete social media and not touch it for a month if I, if I chose to? Do I have the ability to start a task and complete it, a task that might take two hours without checking my phone? Do I have the ability to give myself permission to not respond to people right away? To not respond to all my messages to my DMs? Do I have the capability to not upload photos to my stories when I feel the need for validation or connection? Those are questions that I began to ask myself. Do I have the ability to create white space in my life without filling it with music or audiobooks? For me, the answer to this question, these questions after, you know, almost a year of trying all the quick fixes. The answer was no. So this was my solution. And I, I constantly am teaching in all my courses and programs at one-on-one clients. I always ask this question. What relationships are not bringing you closer to God? They either need to be re-evaluated, uh, shifted, or let go of. And I tried to reevaluate and shift my relationship with my phone. It didn't work. So my third option was to let go of it. And uh, it served me in really, really, really wonderful ways. So with that said, uh, if you guys have any other questions about this journey, feel free to email me as I will be taking a break from social media. Probably by the time this episode comes out live, I'll be on my break from Instagram and social media. So you can email me at Kristen Jenna, K-R-I-S-T-E-N-J-E-N-N-A at com. Uh, If you want to work with me the only way right now, as uh, Magnetic is not currently enrolling because we're still running the program right now, which is so amazing. I've got 21 beautiful women. Uh, So if you are interested in working with me, one-on-one is the only option for the time being. I do have one-on-one open. If you feel called to working one-on-one with me, it's a deep somatic journey to coming home to your heart, to a feminine homecoming. Uh, to living the way that God designed you to operate, to live, to function. Most people don't know how good they're meant to feel in their bodies, in relationship with themselves in their hearts and with God, to begin to become magnetic and radiant to the things that are meant for you, to the blessings and miracles that are meant for you, to begin to expand your capacity to hold the blessings and miracles that are meant for you because we have free will, right? If we don't have the capacity to hold what God wants to send us, It doesn't matter what shows up in our reality if we can't hold it. So there's a lot that we do in my one-on-one containers. They're really deep. We work deep within your body. They're embodied. We work within your subconscious. This is not surface level talk therapy, although I also do talk coaching when that is necessary and needed. So if you're interested, you can send me an email or the link to apply is in the show notes. Uh, If you want to chat about it, send me an email and we can chat uh, or we can hop on a call together if it feels aligned to see if it's a right fit for us to work together. So, uh as always, if this episode resonates with you, I would love you to share it with any friends or family. And I also want to hear your thoughts and your takeaways. Feel free to email me and let me know what you thought, uh what your takeaways were, any questions you have, etc. And it would mean the world to me if you would take a few moments out of your day and write me an honest review on iTunes. It really helps me. And I'm sending you all so much love and I will hopefully be talking to you all next week with the next episode. Hope you have a beautiful day.